This is Ye Old Dragons Library, the storytelling podcast. Each week, you'll hear a portion of a work in progress and have a chance to interact with the author and other readers on the author's blog, posing questions, answering questions from the author, and hopefully having a lot of fun. Are you ready? Let's begin. Liar's Quest, Episode 2 In the previous episode, our heroine Ash was walking by the library door when she heard a cat crying inside. Since cats could cause damage to books, Ash went in to remove it, and was attacked and knocked over by Lathia, destroying a pile of old Psalters in the process. I wanted, all I wanted, I won, Lathia wailed. You have to give me a kiss. I'd rather kiss the sow that just farrowed. Ash thought she might just lose that luscious sausage. But, 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 Lathia rolled onto her back and inhaled deeply enough to make her lacing creak, then let out a shrieking wail that rose a good two octaves. She kicked her feet and slapped her hands in the flagstone floor, rattling more dust and further shredding the salters. Lord Diggory and Lord Winston hurtled through the library doors, knocking each other aside and stumbling over the two girls. Ash rolled out of the way and scrambled to her feet. Lord Winston gasped and waved his hands in dismay and dropped to his fat knees next to his daughter. Lord Diggory stuck his forefingers in his ears and carefully picked his way through the carnage of the destroyed Psalters until he could get to one of the library chairs. He beckoned for Ash wincing when he had to take a finger out of his ear. Amazingly, Lord Winston got Lathia to lower her volume. He struggled to get her to sit up, and she clung to him, whimpering and rubbing her wet face and snotty nose against the front of his tunic. "'What happened?' Lord Diggory asked, when he could speak without having to shout. Ash knew better than to tell the entire truth. She had seen Lathia before— when the silly girl hatched one of her ridiculous schemes and it failed miserably. Sir, I heard a cat and I came in to remove it before it damaged any books. That was the truth, at least. Lady Charlotte had always advised the servant children to tell the truth whenever possible, because they wouldn't have to work so hard to remember what they had said when questioned later. When I stepped through the door, I collided with Lady Lathia. Perhaps she was trying to find the cat. We fell and knocked the lectern over. Friar Ipswich will be very upset, sir, to see what happened. Hmm, yes. Lord Diggory studied the debris strewn across the floor in the doorway of the library. I, however, shall not consider myself deprived of that promised corral. He winked at Ash. Yes, my lord. She fought not to smile. While she admired Friar Ipswich's scholarly ambitions— the entire countryside lived in terror of his singing voice. It had been compared to a drunken pig tumbling inside a giant barrel studded with nails. Liar! Lathia shrieked. Papa, he dragged me in here. He touched my bosoms. He showed me his manhood. Ash nearly choked with the effort not to laugh. Very obviously, Lady Charlotte had never given Lathia the lecture on telling the truth. Shameful! Justiciar Camwell bellowed. The force of his voice made the other library doors swing open. He braced his bulk in the doorway. Lena was right behind him, although she had to lean far to the right to see around him. 
Such filthy, lewd actions are unworthy of the noble reputation of Castle Fairhold. I did no such thing, Ash said. Lathia insisted, yes, Ash had done those things, and far worse. While her father led her away, she babbled, somewhat incoherently, adding to the lewd and anatomically impossible things Ash had supposedly tried to do to her, all in the space of perhaps one minute from the time Lathia attacked. "'My lord, I do swear on my soul I did no such thing,' Ash said, and clasped her hands behind her back to keep from clutching at Lord Diggory. From the corner of her eye, she watched Justiciar Camwell. The man had a reputation for reaching down from the high seat when he was presiding in court and taking hard swings at the accused. Some had never faced punishment for their crimes, because the blows had knocked their brains loose permanently. "'Oh, I believe you,' Lena said." She's quite unladylike and quite spoiled. Forgive me, Uncle Diggory, but she has done this three times since winter solstice. She attacks the servant boys who don't have the muscle to resist her, and when the boys run in terror for their lives, she trips over her own feet trying to chase them and insists they attacked her. Did she claim you showed her your manhood? Yes, milady. Ash felt sick when she wished she could laugh right now mostly because Justiciar Camwell looked back and forth between the two of them, his expression somberly thoughtful. She couldn't tell if he believed Lena. She had the awful feeling that he was one of those court officials who operated on the belief that nobility were always right, no matter what horrendous, unfair actions they had taken, and servants and peasants were always wrong, simply because of their lower rank. Lady Charlotte and Lord Diggory had both said, multiple times, that such thinking was wrong and damaging to the good of the kingdom. However, both of them were lumped in with others who were mocked for their forward-thinking, foreign philosophies. It didn't matter that King Abrosian himself supported such thinking. Too many of the nobility held to the belief that their higher rank meant they were infallible, therefore always right, even when they outright lied. Ash was relieved to be sent away with a pat on her shoulder by Lord Diggory, and his promise that he would deal with the matter. That relief died in a heartbeat when Justiciar Camwell's glare wrapped ice around her. Then her spirits dropped even further when Lord Diggory told her to report to Lady Charlotte. When Ash faced the lady in her study, she trembled with the very real fear of the lady's disappointment in her. What if the lady she admired greatly believed the lies being told about her? By the time she reached the noblewoman's study, Lady Charlotte had heard of the events in the library and Lathia's claims. Ivy, her serving woman, passed Ash on the stairs going up to the tower room, rolled her eyes expressively, and gave her a sympathetic pat on her shoulder as she headed down and Ash climbed up. Lady Charlotte had Ash tell her side of the events. Her quiet sympathy didn't ease that trembling as quickly as Ash could have wished. And then Lord Winston burst into the room. See here, you filthy little drudge, he began, his face quite flushed and sweaty. Winston, none of my servants are filthy. We take very good care of them, Charlotte said, stopping him with a gentle gesture of one upraised finger. Be that as it may, he wiped his face and took several deep breaths. The outrage. I didn't do anything, my lord, Ash insisted when the man paused for another breath. She was amazed he hadn't had a cataleptic fit, racing up the stairs to Lady Charlotte's study as quickly as he had. The study had deliberately been placed in the top room of the North Tower to discourage unwanted visitors. 
I certainly didn't try to kiss her. Why not, may I ask? What's wrong with my daughter that a healthy young man wouldn't want to take advantage of her? Oh, I wouldn't have any idea, Lady Charlotte said. Perhaps the fact that every male in this castle over the age of ten is terrified of her? I caught her pinching every servant backside at breakfast. Your daughter's eyes are very bad, because she pinched the maid servants as well as the serving boys. Lord Winston gasped, clutching at his heart. He didn't have that cataleptic fit, but he did land so heavily in the chair facing Lady Charlotte, it creaked and wobbled and threatened to break. I find that impossible to believe. Ash, she bit you four years ago, did she not? Yes, my lady. At a nod from Lady Charlotte, Ash rolled up her sleeves to show the scar. The worst part of the bite was that several of Lathia's teeth were broken and jagged and had torn the flesh. The wound had burned for a day after being inflicted, so that Ash had feared there was venom in the bite. According to Dunstan, who had made sure he was there to see and hear it all, Lathia shrieked insult and defamation and demanded a trial by battle when her father repeated the conversation to her. Lena shut her sister up for nearly twenty minutes when she informed her that such a trial meant Lathia would have to take up arms against Ash. "'I'm deathly tired to the point of illness at having to defend you against the justified claims of your victims, little sister,' Lena had said, in a tone of voice so calm and bored. Dunstan didn't know whether to laugh or fall asleep, as he later told Ash and several of the serving boys who were his constant companions. "'You're fourteen now. Time for you to either look after yourself and pay your own fines for your behavior, or stop making unjustified claims and demands. Lathia had wailed so loudly, her voice high and off-key, it made the rare glass goblets in the display niche in the grand hall chime and wobble. Then she had fled. She tottered up and down hallways and stairways, bouncing off the walls, until it occurred to her that she had outrun her father. No one else was chasing her, begging her to calm down and promising dire punishments for Ash. She stopped wailing and went to her room and promptly ate herself sick on honey cakes and dried plums. Ash believed the entire ugly mess would have faded away by the end of the day, simply because, as Lena had said, this had happened multiple times before. Lathia and Lord Winston were too proud to pursue a complaint that would embarrass them both, yet again. However, Justiciar Camwell decided to get involved, and immediately set a time for an inquiry, and, if justified, a trial. Ash considered implementing her most desperate escape option, which involved putting on a dress and sneaking out of the castle and stowing away in a wagon that would take her out of Alfordia altogether. She had no hope of a fair trial. Lathia was nobility, no matter how ridiculously and foolishly she had acted, and Ash was a servant with no family and no surname and no claim on anyone with power and influence. "'Never you fear, dear lad,' Lady Charlotte said, when Ash reported to her office the next morning to discuss the process of the inquiry. Ash had spent quite a restless, sleepless night, mostly because every servant in the castle and three-quarters of the soldiers had come to find her and sit with her for ten or fifteen minutes to speak encouragement and disparage Lathia. How could she sneak out of the castle when nobody would leave her alone to melt into the shadows and vanish? Milady, why does he feel an inquiry is necessary? You and Lord Diggory believe me, don't you? Oh, absolutely. 
Camwell is a pompous fool who thinks to make a name for himself by setting new precedents. The king is quite enamored of all sorts of new philosophies coming over the borders. Camwell might personally disparage some of the new teachings, but as an official of the courts, he is required by law to support and teach them. The one that I fear has given impetus to his interference in this matter is the theory that people earn worth and power, rather than being born into it. Lady Charlotte reached out and caught hold of Ash's hand and gently squeezed it. I quite approve, and high time. Far too many idiots sit in seats of power, using authority they don't know how to handle, and making ridiculous decisions just because they were born in the right bed. While this will very likely turn out well for you, in the decision, she sighed, and the mischief fled her face, and she looked her sixty-plus years. It won't matter to far too many idiots who depend on bloodlines to justify their positions. When you are exonerated and that vicious little tart proven to be a liar once again, the bullies and power-seekers will assemble in droves to punish you. Quite a few will be lined up to earn her equally idiotic father's approval in hopes of marrying her and inheriting the family titles. What use are titles without land, I ask you? At last count, nearly two hundred people would have to die before Winston has a chance to hold land once again. Yet too many fools think inherited titles are more valuable than property. I can't imagine why. The king hands out a dozen new titles every year, with no land to provide income to support the newly made noble. Ridiculous. And yet that vicious Lathia will have a dozen suitors, willing to risk their sanity for the chance to have Lord in front of their names. She sniffed. What is the world coming to? Then she looked at Ash, who stood quietly in front of the table piled high with books and papers, and she sighed. I'm sorry, my dear lad. I shouldn't be meandering in my thoughts when we need to put together your defense for this ridiculous inquiry. I don't suppose I could ask Laney Lena to be my champion, Ash said. Oh, now there's an idea, she patted her shoulder. Wouldn't that be beyond their scheming minds? Lena is quite annoyed with her sister. She'd do it in a heartbeat. Hmm, maybe we should disguise you as a girl on top of it? Ash stumbled backward, feeling as if she had been clubbed between the eyes. Hadn't she been a regular idiot, panicking and silently shrieking against the cruelty of her situation? Lad, are you ill? Lady Charlotte beckoned, and Ash approached her again. She felt her forehead, then the pulse points at the base of her jaw. You are quite pale and trembling. That is an idea, too. You could faint, and perhaps we could fake your death. Sneak you out of the castle? No. Camwell would demand your body be examined. For all his clinging to all sorts of backward, damaging practices and beliefs, he wants to be considered a man of science. Whatever that is. I just know it is highly inconvenient. Science is a new philosophy that doesn't believe in magic whatsoever. It believes everything can be explained by physical reactions and interactions and events, if enough investigation is done, Ash explained. Idiocy! What is the world without magic? The elderly lady shook her head. I have a good mind to send for Hazel and have her sent some sort of pox on him, just to teach him a lesson. No, Camwell considers himself a man of science, and that means all sorts of newfangled foolishness that truly is foolishness, like autopsies. Ah, I can see from your white face you know what that means. 
the thought of someone examining her body, whether dead or merely faking death, crystallized a thought that had been swirling through Ash's mind for several minutes now. Milady, I must ask your forgiveness. Ash tugged on the top buttons of her jacket. What are you doing? Lady Charlotte blinked. I have deceived you for years now, ever since I came into service at Fairhold. Lad, that isn't the way to prove your innocence. She sat back in her deep chair, holding up one hand as if to shield between her and Ash, who had dropped her jacket. She yanked hard enough on the simple pin holding the neck of her shirt closed to make it pop open. Two seconds, and she yanked her shirt open enough to rip it open a handspan and expose her chest most of the way down her ribs. We'll think of... Lady Charlotte stopped short and for several seconds didn't move, didn't blink, didn't breathe. Then a delighted smile crept across her wrinkled face, widening far enough to reveal most of her unusually white, strong teeth. Then Lady Charlotte tipped her head back and let out a chuckle that turned into low, rippling laughter that shook her whole body for several moments. Her face was flushed as she struggled to catch her breath to shout for Lady Lena to join them. The maiden warrior must have been waiting only a few steps down the stairs of the tower room because she dashed through the curtained doorway before any servant could respond. She frowned at the sight of Ash standing there, holding her shirt open in front of Lady Charlotte. Then she laughed, before the girl could turn around, presenting her bare chest and the proof of her body's betrayal. Why didn't I think of that? Lena dropped into a chair facing Lady Charlotte. Rather ironic. I was trying to consider how to take you aside and offer advice on hiding... She gestured at Ash's chest. You knew? Ash finally pulled her shirt closed. She stared at Lena as she went to one knee and reached blindly for the pin that had fallen to the floor. We spend quite a lot of time learning how to disguise ourselves as boys and young men when we have to go about the king's business in parts of the kingdom where they're rather dogmatic against sensible things like letting women wear pants and learn to use swords and read. Lena shrugged. Then she thumped her chest with her fist, then extended her arm in a warrior's salute. I can tell, because I know what it looks like, and I was worried for you when... Again, she gestured at Ash's now-covered bosoms. Ash still hadn't found the pin. She gave up trying and tugged the shirt up into place with a long, narrow strip of exposed flesh. The touch of air against her bare flesh woke that particularly itchy spot between her two new bumps, a silvery patch of flesh as large as her thumb that she refused to look at too closely, maybe because she feared it was taking on the shape of a star. You could have done me the courtesy of warning me, Lady Charlotte murmured. Then her eyes twinkled, and her mouth pursed as she fought a grin and a few snickers escaped her. Oh, my dear Ash, you prove your cleverness once again and make me more determined than ever to keep you with me. This should shred Lathia's idiotic story quite beautifully, Lena said. She'll have another temper tantrum and claim it's a lie and we're all being cruel to her. The Justiciar is just the thick-headed sort of idiot to side with her, and we certainly can't have Ash tear open her shirt to prove them both wrong. He'd have her horse-whipped and put in the pillory for public vulgarity. You're right. We need to think of the best way to present this proof, Charlotte said. Camwell is a moron, and your father is nearly as bad, but it won't do us any good to humiliate them as they so richly deserve. What are our chances of sending Lathia into a cataleptic fit if we hit her with this in just the right way? So perhaps we can slap an enlightenment spell on her, or make her sleep 
until she gained some courtesy and common sense? Lena frowned and leaned in closer. Is that a star glowing right there? She pointed at the increasingly itchy spot between Ash's bumps. Yes, I'm in dread of finding out what that means. Ash considered for half a second, confessing about the glowing star on her buttocks. No, there were too many complications in her life right now as it was. Better to clear herself of the seduction and assault and insult charges, then move on from there. Well, you need to consult some higher-ranking magical specialists than we have available. That's a given, Lady Charlotte said. I dare say you have some magical destiny lying ahead of you. She shrugged. Well, what do you expect? Clever child, surviving on your own with no family or surname, and carrying off that deception and disguise very well the entire time you've been here. You must tell us how you did it. Yes, you must. Lena gestured at the bench Ash had yet to use. I wish I could have done that. I would have run away to join a questing company the first chance I got, if I could have convinced people I was father's son and heir. Girls have too many restrictions. What's wrong? She reached out to grip Ash's arm. Lord Dunstan, I wanted to go on his quest next year. He won't let me come if he knows I'm a girl. Ash burst into tears for the first time that she could remember. Tears were, after all, such a girlish thing. I'm sorry, my dear, but I fear your questing activities will be curtailed for the foreseeable future. Lady Charlotte made a sympathetic murmur and drew Ash into her arms. That dried her tears immediately, in utter shock. Ash knew she should pull back, but it was so utterly nice to be held, to have her back patted, and to know that the lady she nigh on worshipped liked her and wanted to help her. She stayed there and enjoyed the comfort, because she knew it wouldn't last. Two hours later, Justiciar Camwell glowered at Ash, who stood to the right in front of him. The first session of the inquiry had been convened in the chapel, where Friar Ipswich had been busy setting up wards to prevent any magic being used either for or against the two parties in the proceedings. Ash felt a slight stinging in her bottom and in her breastbone when she stepped over the threshold, just for a moment, as if a spark had landed on each of the stars embedded in her flesh. Should she be worried or hopeful at this sign of magic of some sort residing in her? Would that work against her? Did the justiciar glower at her because he sensed the magic and suspected her of trying to cheat? Before she finished that thought, Camwell turned to glower at Lathia, who stood to the left in front of him. From the corner of her eye, Ash saw the younger girl offer the justiciar a sweet smile. His glower rippled slightly, hinting at nausea. Ash started to smile, but he turned his head to her again, and his glower returned to full strength. She stood as still as she could and tried not to tremble. "'I find this entire situation highly disturbing,' he began, addressing the witnesses who had filed into the chapel." but turning back to focus on Ash as he finished the statement. First, that so many of your fellow servants wish to avoid testifying at all in this matter. Lathia snickered. His neck made a loud snapping noise as he turned his head to face her. So swiftly, droplets of sweat flew off his hair, hitting her face with tiny pinging sounds. I found it necessary to put them under a truthfulness compulsion, he partially hissed. And what did I discover? You paid some of them to lie and say that this boy, he flicked his fingers at Ash, had pressed his attentions on you multiple times in the past. The others, 
"'Youth threatened and ordered to be silent on the matter "'if they refused to lie for you,' he snorted. "'I find it only slightly humorous "'that when you made promises of bestowing "'your questionable favors on them, "'your words were received as threats. "'The young men in question were terrified "'and some were nauseated. "'That's a lie!' Lathia shrieked. "'They insisted that I had to pay them, "'or they would lie to defend Ash.' Should I put you under a truthfulness compulsion? It's quite painful for those who resist it, or those who are unable to speak the truth in the ordinary course of the day. Sir, that is an insult to my household, Lord Winston brayed, rising to his feet at the left side of the room. Lord Diggory caught him by his shoulder and pulled him back down onto the bench beside him. Whatever he muttered to his cousin caused the other man to turn bright red, then go very pale and shudder his gaze fastened, wide-eyed with horror, on Ash. "'I don't know why you're making me stand up here like I'm on trial,' Lathia mumbled through a full-lipped pout. "'I'm the one who was hurt.' "'As a matter of testimony, the healer says that the boy Ash has bruises, and you have none, meaning you landed on him.' Justicier Camwell sniffed every time he said boy and him. Ash wished she could find this amusing." She had the awful feeling Lathia's shriek of fury would be deafening when the truth was revealed, and her extensive lies were slapped hard across her face. The healer is a liar! Scribe, make this note, Camwell said, turning to the scribe Malchus, who sat at a small table that had been brought into the chapel and placed at right angles to the long table where the justiciar sat. Quote me directly. The silly flitterhead is unable to speak the truth, or act with proper decorum, he added, ending in a loud, long-suffering sigh. So, now we are at the end of episode two. Thanks for coming back, and welcome to any new listeners we have here on the podcast. Did you have fun? What do you think is going to happen next? Do you see a note of hope for Ash? since the Justiciar certainly isn't fooled by Lathia's claims of being a victim. He doesn't seem to like her very much. Of course, he doesn't seem to like Ash very much either. If you'd like to weigh in, if you'd like to ask questions, please visit my blog, Michelle Levine, L-E-V-I-G-N-E dot blogspot dot com. And I'll meet you here next week for Episode 3.